Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey everybody, I'm Gene Marks and welcome to another episode of the Paychex series Thrive or the Paychex business series where today I am talking to Vivek Pandia. Uh, Vivek is a uh, lead analyst for Adobe Digital. Now, if you're familiar with Adobe, they make all sorts of online tools that are used by both e-commerce companies and non-e-commerce companies. But Vivek's job is to is to track data. And he's got a lot of important data about the holidays that are coming up. Uh, I wrote about this recently in The Hill. Did you know that this was just, you know, know, by the beginning of November and now we're heading as we head into the holiday season. Did you know that there were over two billion billion out of stock messages that online consumers were, were were getting just in the early parts of the holiday season. And, you know, right now Adobe's data is tracking that that's actually getting higher. It's a supply chain issue. And there are other issues as well that Vivek and his team are tracking. Will this be a good holiday season? What categories are most affected by supply chain? How will small businesses fare? What is the data showing them specifically compared to big box resellers? Vivek and his team at Adobe, they have actual data that's tracking this information. And that's what I'm going to talk to him about. So as you're into the holiday season and you want to see where things are going because you're running a business and you're trying to make some some plans as far as managing your inventory and what your expectations are for these holidays. Vivek is going to share with you some data I think that will really have a big impact on your business. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Vivek Pandia from Adobe Digital in just a moment. All right. So Vivek, thank you very much for joining me. I'm really happy that you're here talking with me today. Thanks for having me, James. Great to be with you. So um, first of all, before we even you know, you know, get into the weeds of some of the predictions, t- tell me a little bit about uh, what you do for Adobe, what your job is. Sure. So I, I am really, um, you know, have the unique pleasure of working on a team that works across a lot of our Adobe aggregate products and essentially uh, leverages all the, t- you know, the totality of the data available through these products to tell, you know, insights uh, that can give a lot of guidance and help to clients, to you know the general public, uh, economic institutions. So it's it's been a, a terrific you know opportunity for myself and the team to essentially look in terms of this sort of broader aggregated data and then be able to understand what trends could be happening in the future and what ones that we're seeing in the moment. Right. You know, as a journalist, um, this is the kind of stuff that I like. Uh, you know, paychecks sponsors this podcast, and and honestly, and just coincidentally, so they. You know, they put out, you know, a monthly report on on payroll and jobs and and, and compensation. And um, and it's all based on their data. You know, they it's their they're a payroll company with like seven hundred thousand customers. So they're like, why would I don't we don't need the government to tell us what we've got the numbers right here. That's the same thing with Adobe, right? I mean, you guys are using Adobe's data for the most part? Sure. So what we use is especially through our Adobe Analytics. Uh, product that gives us a great line of sight across online retail trends and, right. and a lot of different things related to e-commerce is our clients essentially they opt into sort of an anonymized or aggregated data set right. and set you know uh, in order in order for us to kind of give them a sense of 
how things are looking in terms of the broader broader industry and how online retail is looking overall, they're very much interested in seeing how does our performance look to other peers in our industry, you know, something like a metric, like a click-through rate or a bounce rate on a website. It's like in a vacuum, that metric doesn't mean a lot. But once right. you get a sense of how you're doing relative to your industry, um, then it's really powerful. So that's what we're able to give them. And then as we look at this data in, in this sort of wider view, wide, that 100,000 foot lens, um, then we're able to give an even broader sense of where the, the, the different industries are moving, where online retail in totality is moving. Okay, that's great. So let's talk about some of that detail. Um, Adobe um, has, has just recently, we're, you and I are talking right now, it's the middle of November. Um, we're going to try to turn this you know, podcast around, this conversation fairly quickly. So it's somewhat fresh data here. Um, but you know, the company has, has been putting out data on how the holiday season is going so far. Um, I wrote about this for The Hill just last week about my concerns uh, because there were like something like you were reporting that there were like two billion out of stock messages for can you explain what that means? Yeah, so one of the big topics, as you know, well know, is what is going on with the supply chain? Right. how how massive is the impact and essentially the the radius of impact across different industries, different sectors. And what we have in our arsenal um, at Adobe is a line of sight into what we call our out-of-stock notification rate. And that gives us a view in terms of this sort of metric that massive uh, you know, retailers are tracking to get a sense of what's available in terms of their inventory and then what consumers are seeing across websites. So this sort of out of stock notification rate, you know, we see, we, we've been tracking it essentially since the start of the pandemic, essentially, because, you know, that, that pandemic and the early months of it really drove these new trends around online spending and online demand. And it, it really pushed forward the demand and appetite for online purchasing. So sure. that, you know, in some ways there was incremental increase of share of spending, but then the, you know, businesses had to catch up to this massive influx of demand and they had to do it while all these supply chain bottlenecks were kicking in. And what we've seen is that, you know, that out of stock notification rate is in some cases as high as 200% over pre pandemic norms. And that really is speaking to the scale and the impact of what consumers are facing online when they're trying to get goods. In some cases, it could be, you know, they're trying to get like a red sweater, but, it, you know, they, they only have a blue sweater available. Right. So it's a bit of substitution there. In other cases, there's no sweater at all. There's, they're missing entire product. Uh, there's no, the product that consumers want to buy and that's not available. So all that is essentially aggregated across this sort of out of stock notification rate and essentially gives a sense of what consumers are experiencing when they're shopping for goods online. And the bigger context around all this is that there's been this sort of steady march to get more consumers purchasing online and, and driving more efficiency through online spending and online delivery. However, with with the the pandemic, uh, retailers have had trouble scaling, 
in, in order to support that in the most organic way that they would have, you know, each year an incremental increase. This is now everything now, everything online sure. and try to support all that. So that has resulted in this sort of, um, you know, the shortages and then what consumers are experiencing online. So, you know, our audience, Vivek, is our small business owners. I mean, many of them sell online as well as people selling B2B or, you know, you know or, or brick and mortar. You know, when you hear about these many out-of-stock messages and you're saying it's 200%, you know, higher than it was, you know, pre-pandemic or close to 200%, um, what does that mean for the, 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 the businesses? I mean, should, should if, if you were running a small business and you were selling online, would you, would you be having some, some, you know, concerns about this holiday season being able to ship product? Definitely. And I would say that, you know, the, um, c- the different retailers have, you know, have to battle at this on different levels. You know, if you're a larger retailer, maybe you have the ability to kind of impact the supply chain and kind of make inroads into logistics and try to, you know, take control of the situation a bit more. You know, we're hearing reports of certain retailers, you know, commissioning their own ships to get products, you know, um, and, with smaller retailers, in some instances, they've been hit pretty hard, um, especially even in the earlier months of the pandemic, where all of a sudden their products are now subjected to a lot higher costs in terms of getting those goods to their warehouses. Um, they're, they're having to manage this sort of shipping and shortage issue like even the larger retailers are. Mm-hmm. And so what we kind of view is the paramount need from the consumer is is this product available and you know that can mean a lot of things because sometimes people get used to buying from the same retailer they have their one basket and they're used to doing things like clockwork but then what do you do when that retailer doesn't have your product you know then you might have to go searching and researching more and trying to get a sense oh well maybe the smaller retailer actually somehow has this product so now i'm going to try to uh, purchase through them, and then the onus becomes on that smaller retailer to come through in a big way, right. you know, and be able to get that product and deliver um, in in the most optimum fashion, and try to build that loyalty with that consumer. So, in some ways, the shortage is pretty pretty impactful across the board, and but then there's also certain opportunities that yeah. you know can be can be leveraged. You know, it's funny that you bring that up, and I actually I I should write about this too because we you you do hear about a lot of small retailers and e-commerce companies that uh, you know if they are out of stock they could potentially lose customers, but then again um, they're going to lose them if they don't lose to a big box brand they lose it to another competing small company that it's an opportunity for them like you just said if they happen to have you know if they happen to be in stock do you see the trend um, you know increasing Vivek I mean are, you know are these are these out of stock messages continuing to go up or do you feel as if they have plateaued what what, what do you, what's the data showing you yeah it's it's one of those things we've been uh thinking a lot about is that you know this counterfactual of how much worse could it be yeah. um and you know relative to where it's at right now it's it's been in this elevated level of um as i said in, in these triple digit kind of increases relative to pre-pandemic i mean we haven't seen it continue to scale to like like 500, 600 percent, you know, yet. And hopefully we don't see it happen. I mean, but ultimately the the 
level of demand that comes out of the holiday season could push that number up higher because that that's a different level of demand that retailers have to kind of click into and support. And, and at the same time, there are being, you know, efforts. It, this is the problem that everyone's talking about right now. So there are being, uh, you know, different uh, measures, in, you know, trying to be, proactive in terms of the government trying to sort, sort these issues out. So, you know, that that could potentially alleviate certain uh, bottlenecks and that could, you know, make things a little more smoother uh, sure. as we move forward. But, but it's it's still a matter of time in terms of the scale of this issue and having right. to work through it. Well, you'll keep tracking this throughout the holiday season, so you know we'll get better and better. Now, I don't want to—I I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I forget if I even asked you this in advance, but um, I, you know, is there—are there any specific categories or industries that have been you know more affected by this than others? Sure. Well, I mean, we've definitely seen it impact a number of categories, but electronics has definitely seen um, a huge amount of shortages, and mm. that's a category, especially online that has typically been the category that consumers are relatively comfortable purchasing online. So mm -hmm. even before the pandemic, before people were like, okay, I'm, I'm buying goods left and right online, that electronics was people were very comfortable buying that. It's, a, it's in contrast to something like grocery, where, you know, if you, grocery people were still like, I don't know, will it be still fresh by the time it gets to my doorstep? Electronics, huge amount of penetration there in terms of online retail. And then um, as a result, we would typically see prices kind of come down for electronics throughout the course of the year. And then another level of holiday discounts would make it so people could get great deals on like TVs, computers. But then because of what we've been dealing with, um, that those shortages have hit that category in a pretty substantial way. And now instead of prices being on this sort of deflationary track, they're now, you know, seeing about the flatness in terms of month over month changes and, hmm. and that, that price level being heightened, you know, speaks to the scale of the impact to electronics. Hmm. All right, so electronics is definitely one of the bigger one of the bigger yeah. categories. The, um, the the research that you're doing as well also highlighted um, buy now pay later as a you know as an increasing consumer trend. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so buy now pay later. You know, it's probably taken previous incarnations of you know when you'd see layaway. installment payments and stuff yeah. like that, right? It was it, and layaway all these concepts you know, come from decades before, yeah. but buy now, pay later in itself has been um, now kind of, it's taken hold and integrated across these websites. And it's seeing a lot of adoption, a lot of interest, especially from young, younger age cohorts, Gen Z, um, they, they're really taking to it. And it's allowing them to kind of stretch their buying power, especially in an environment where inflation and things like that can curb their buying power. So by breaking up, you know, payments across this sort of uh, installment, almost interest free, free, in some cases, a calibration, they're utilizing it um, at pretty substantial levels online. And so there's, there's a benefit for retailers in supporting it and driving conversion through their websites by making that a fulfillment or a financing option. And then as we see different categories, you know, they're, they're using it across, you know, the mainstays, they use it across electronics, apparel, even grocery. So 
that's really speaking to consumers wanting to increase their buying power and then also be able to, you know, think about getting goods that just on a one-time payment, they, they wouldn't be able to. It's funny you mentioned that being around for W. When I was a kid, there was always sofa layaway plans, you know, in the 70s and the 80s. And like, you know, if you buy furniture, you buy cars. But, you know, the difference today, people ask me about buy now, pay later. And they say, well, let's use a credit card. But um, that's not the same. Not only are you paying very high interest rates, but, you know, you, it's a, you have 30 days to pay off your balance if you don't want to start incurring interest, right? Whereas buy now, pay later is like literally a payment plan over a longer period of time. Exactly. It's, it's like... You know, in many cases, interest-free in terms of the support that um, uh, different providers are offering to retailers. So some of that cost kind of burden around interest gets pushed onto the retailers in a way, supporting the the payment and the fees to support buy now, pay later. But also the ease of it, of just, you know, one click and you're now on this, you know, direct installment plan, that can, you know, really drive up its popularity. and, And we're seeing pretty Very interesting. Anything else I'm missing from, from, you know, this, this data, any other significant trends that you think small business owners would want to be aware of as we head into the holiday season? Sure. So one of the things that we've been really kind of surprised by, and, and in a way it's not as new as, as some of these other trends, but still been very, you know, compelling to see is Buy now, uh, not buy now, pay later. We just mentioned that, but buy online, pick up in store, uh, um, curbside pickup. Uh, That obviously a lot of larger retailers are able to support that, but there is an opportunity that if a smaller retailer has some brick and mortar presence, there's a strong upside in being able to support that and offer it to sort of people in your local area who are looking to purchase goods. And you can offer that up as an option because it's allowing people to avoid shipping costs, shipping delays, and it's now seeing a big in, in uptick in utilization. So we expect as people get closer to Christmas for them to be about as much as 40% of orders of retailers that offer it um, will be through curbside pickup. Uh, just And that's, again, pretty close up to Christmas because then it will kick in for people that, okay, I'm I need, I procrastinated, I need to get these products to myself, but they're definitely not going to come in time. So I'll use curbside pickup. So that's, again, a, a really strong tactic. Um, and I think in terms of this environment, we were talking about this a little earlier, when if you're somehow a smaller retailer that has a product that maybe a larger big box retailer is not able to deliver on or doesn't have availability, that's an opportunity. And you can really tap into the sort of more closer connections that you might have with your consumer and retail base to kind of drive purchasing and promotion to them uh, and essentially be able to say, we have that item, you know, we trust us, we can get it to you um, and and, make, and push through that inroad. And the other thing that I lastly wanted to kind of call out is that early discounting is something that larger retailers we know are doing in, in mass. I think it's definitely room for improvement in terms of smaller retailers being able to do that and ensure the promotions and early discounts um, are there for consumers because then that can give them more um, leeway in terms of shipping delays and and potential shipping times and then be able to really lock in uh, that you know online purchasing dollar um, to them versus it going to other retailers. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, your takeaway from all this, I mean, you're, you're eyeball deep in the data 
and you're looking at this every day. Do you, do you do you see this holiday season based on Adobe's data that you're accessing um, stronger than last year? You know, uh, you know, weaker than last year. Do you have any? I know you can't really make predictions, but I, I'm just curious to to see where you, you know, where you think that the data is going. Yeah, we're expecting about $207 billion spent over this season. And that's still 10% growth on that wow. massive leap forward we saw last year where wow. there was online, just... Online, you're saying. Online, that's right. right. And um, that to us signals that there's still a lot of demand for purchasing goods online. We've seen a lot of it throughout the course of this year. And ho the holiday season in and Christmas time is that tends to be one uh, period where people even, you know, th there's different levels of disposable income people are coming to the season with. Sometimes there's a lot more inclination to kind of stretch and try to push through purchasing during this period. So sure. we expect, you know, again, a, 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 a sizable level of growth on a pretty massive season last year. And I think that's a testament to, you know, just where we are with the pandemic. And we've, we've said on our side, the pandemic dictates a lot of terms, you know, it can shift spending, you know, something like travel, you know, there's a big leap of it in terms of early May, there was a lot of optimism there. And then as the Delta, um, you know, strain came through, then we started to see travel drop off. So then when you right. see certain sectors see less spending, that can move that, that income towards something like online retail. And that's why we are still pretty confident that we're going to see an additional increase on, um, uh, on this sort of push forward that we saw last year. Uh, so it, it, from that perspective, we're seeing, we're seeing a, a strong, healthy clip of growth uh, for the rest of the year and through the season. And then, then we'll see how 2022 looks. But uh, for now, that's as far as we're looking. All right. Well, that's great news. Vivek Pandia is a lead analyst at Adobe Digital. Vivek, thank you so much. Uh, the data you're providing is great. Uh, like I said, I did write about it recently on thehill.com, and I'm going to keep following it. I know uh, all the people at Adobe are burying me in reports from you guys every week, uh, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see where online sales are going to be. This this holiday season is, is definitely an interesting one, considering that we're coming off of the pandemic. So thanks for all the work that you're doing. Thanks very much, James. It's been great. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021, all rights reserved.